Well, hello. Another week, another movie. Welcome to Rainbow Flickers Over the Crimson Screen. I'm David and I'm joined today with Anthony. Hello, Anthony. How are you today? Wow, that was a super hyper intro. Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> well, I try to be hyper because the movie we're going to be talking today can be a bit of a downer. <laughs> but uh, let's stay positive a bit. Let's stay positive. I mean, we were technically supposed to uh, record this together but mm, <laughs> life had <Yeah>. other plans <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i know we kind of been slacking off a bit on the podcast in the last uh, couple of weeks but uh, we're going back into the flow and uh things gonna get back to normal pretty soon mm -hmm. so today we are looking at a french movie um french movie that i was talking to you about uh few years ago uh, and you couldn't find it in the US very hard to find um, it's called Georgina and it's a movie from 1994 by a fam film director Laurent Boutonna so, yeah I was confused when I first started watching it because I was like didn't you tell me this was a French movie why are they all speaking English <laughs> <laughs> well, they had took a, the movie was actually a f shot in English uh, because it's easier to sell the movie abroad when it's actually shot in English. So they actually shot it in English and dubbed it in French. For a French movie, it's weird, but that's the way it is, apparently. Uh, there's a lot of movies. Uh, the movie by Luc Besson, for example, are French movies, but actually shot in English because it's easier to sell abroad. So um, that's what happened with that movie. Mm, someone's sassy today. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> um, so the movie was released in France in October 5th, 1994. Uh, it was a commercial mm. failure. 1994? And, uh, uh -huh. I was a wee lad. <laughs> yeah, I know. 1994, commercial failure, uh, completely panned with the critics. Uh, and this kind of made uh, the director go down into a very bad depression and he refused to have this movie released on DVD until 2007. So we can say the movie is a hmm. bit of a cursed movie. And, uh, they, and they say that the French don't take criticism well. <laughs> you should know. <laughs> so what is Giorgino about? Okay, Giorgino is uh, October 1918, so the end of the First World War. Uh, we are just waiting for the Germans to uh, accept defeats. And after returning uh, to the civil life, a young doctor called Giorgino Voli searches for a group of children he had been caretaker before the war. Uh, these children are autistic, a bit, uh, got uh, some mental health problem, a bit um, disabled, which you can imagine in 1918, that was not going well. So they were usually, these kind of kids were usually abandoned by the, the family put in orphanage. And he was taking care of these kids. So he come back from the war. Uh, he's been uh, pretty badly hurt. He actually swallowed uh, mustard gas. I mean, his entire uh, breathing system is out of work. And he arrived to the orphanage and realized that the children are not there anymore. And he's told that the children were sent to this little village in the mountains. 
Like it's so much better to actually be in the mountain in the village when you're a kid. So we decided to go to that village. And this is the start of the movie. Traveling to that village, we realized that uh, the kids are all dead. But what happened? Were they killed by uh, that uh, woman who live in a, in a manor? Or was it the wolves who have eaten them? So that's pretty much uh, a little summary of the movie. Uh, I can uh, say this movie is a bit of a gothic tale, a gothic fable. Pretty much uh, very dark, very uh, broody, a bit depressing. Uh, but gorgeous in some ways. Yeah, so, Anthony, <laughs> how was your experience with that movie? Uh, I was confused for the, <laughs> the better part of it uh, until around, I want to say, the middle part because I was just like, what is... I was really just wondering, like, what is this movie? Like, were the kids killed by like because uh, i don't know when you first mentioned it i don't know for whatever reason i was like okay this is like a gothic werewolf movie <laughs> 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 and then when they started talking about the wolves i was like okay this makes sense okay <laughs> but, but then i was like oh this is not that type of movie and so then i realized what it was and then i was like okay we're gonna go with this but for the better part, I was just trying to pinpoint what type of movie it was, and I do think a gothic romance and gothic drama is probably the best. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's actually nothing supernatural about that movie. It's really yeah. a drama. It's a, it's a love story. It's a tragic love story. Uh, but I must say, despite the fact that there's nothing supernatural, there is uh, the imagery can actually get a bit supernatural in some ways um what well, the, the the it's just the way it is like uh can we realize at one point there's this old woman that should represent death actually in the forest and things we see these little things that actually can uh come back to like uh, old-fashioned aura from like 1940s 1920s uh but overall this movie really uh a drama, uh, a romantic, a gothic romantic story with uh, something that I've seen very rarely and that's why I really wanted to, to watch this movie with you was the fact if for the first time I remember he portrayed a village with only women because yeah. the idea is uh, all the men are at war so there's only uh, women left in the village apart from the old priest but everyone else are women's. And uh, that's something that is very rarely showed in movies. Uh, and this is really a, a movie about women in some ways. Girl power. Uh-huh, <laughs> you can say that, you know. <laughs> uh, the funny stuff is, despite the, fact being, the movie being released uh, in English, well, being shot in English, it was only released in France and Russia. Never released anywhere else because being a failure in the box office, uh, they never tried to actually sold it, uh, sell it over uh, in other countries. Which kind of understand because this movie is pretty, uh, <laughs> it's pretty weird at times. It's pretty long, three hours, and uh, 
for uh, it might not have been the right market for that movie in the 90s. Um, I really feel this movie would have worked better in the 70s when people could take the time to watch something when you look at movies like uh, 2001 Space Odyssey and stuff, which are long movies. In the 90s, people wanted shorter movie, I guess. And that's why it really uh, was a failure. But the cast, man, the cast was pretty impressive. Well, so I was, we, uh, was going to mm-hmm. mention that... Uh... You know, people nowadays, they they like long movies, I guess, because the typical Marvel movies, like, what, three hours now? And even Lifetime movies, for whatever reason, are three hours and ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, but if you compare uh, a Marvel movie to this one, this mm-hmm. one is all about mood. Yeah, uh, The action is uh, very slow. It's a very slow-moving movie. Um, they really spend most of the time of the movie is about creating an ambiance, creating a universe. Actually, I would say painting a universe in some ways for the, for the viewer. Uh, but uh, the Marvel movie is three hours long, but there's a lot of action. It's a big difference for me. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but I fall asleep in Marvel movies. So. <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, uh, funny story, I fell asleep during the second Doctor Strange. And I was in the cinema with friends, and they really didn't stop actually ever laugh at me because I was snoring. So, yeah. <clears throat> Moving on. Oh, bless your heart. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, you've been sleeping. There's big silence apparently in the movie, and uh, who can't hear me is doing. <laughs> but, yeah. Mm. It was a bit weird, but never mind. <laughs> so yes, the cast of the movie are pretty international. So we got uh, Louis Fletcher. And Louis Fletcher is uh, uh, known for uh, The Exorcist 2 and uh, of course One Flew Over the Kirkus Nest when she's playing the nurse. A uh, very big movie. Uh, also we have uh, Jeff Dahlgren, uh, which is not, uh, it was not really uh, an actor is more of a musician. Uh, he is the main singer of the Wasted Youth. Wasn't that like his first and only movie? It, no, no, he done some other stuff, but uh, this okay. is that was his movie. Yeah, he done some TV shows, TV things, but uh, this was actually a big, big movie. Uh, Joss Ackland as well uh, in the Sicilian and other movies. Uh, Francis Barber. Francis Barber was with. Uh, in a lot of English uh, drama, very, very famous person too. And then you've got uh, Jean-Pierre Aumont, who is a very famous French uh, actor as well. And we've got the person that uh, everyone knows in France, Mylène Farmer. Uh, Mylène yeah, Farmer. I, was, I was surprised you didn't leave with her. <laughs> No, I was, no. <laughs> Million Farmer, uh, for those who don't know, is one of the best selling um, singer songwriter in uh, in France. Uh, everything uh, she does since uh, the 1980s is sold out all the time. Um, and it's a, uh, I would not say, I won't say the first movie, but at the same time, it's not because one of the particularities of Million Farmer career. It's a, every time she does a music video, it's a mini film. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah, everything she, she does. Isn't she from Canada? No, she was born in Canada, but she's French. 
I mean, yeah, I, I'm just saying, isn't she like originally from Canada though? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> no, no, she's a French. Uh, she, she, she lived in Canada, but she's actually French apparently. Okay. okay. She's a very private person, so a lot of her uh, private life you don't actually know about it, which is uh, which I like about uh, about her. She oh, that's where, you, that's where you get your aesthetic from, I guess. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, maybe. Um, so yeah, Milan Farmer uh, worked a lot with Laurent Bouton, the director of the movie, in uh, music videos. Some of the music video was actually in the Guinness Book of Records for the longest music video for a song. Um, and we can actually see, when you look at the old music video, uh, the similarity with that movie which is again got this gothic aesthetic uh with a huge amount of uh, of broody how can i say it's very hard to explain there's shadows everywhere there's shadows there is actually some mystery in every shot and the million farmer for those who've seen incident uh, in ghostland is actually she's a person who played the mother in that movie <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was waiting for something else, but okay. Uh... So, I kind of, what can we actually say about this movie? As I said to you, uh, the movie is a very slow moving movie. It's actually, we just follow that doctor who is dying to, to look at. Uh, to look for these kids and to actually try to understand what happened to these kids. Are these kids uh, been murdered or are they dead because of the wolves? And uh, during that movie, uh, he started to fall in love with this, uh, this girl, Catherine, played by Marilyn Farmer. Uh, who is this uh, woman child in some way? Uh, she got some autistic personality, autistic traits to her. Uh, she does act like a kid, despite being an adult. Uh, that make it very weird. Some uh, some say very weird because of this, because there is a sex scene and just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very, very weird sensation when you see this uh, this scene, for, this sex scene, for example, and you're just thinking, yeah, but she's, she's acting like a fucking 10 years old. It's just weird. What do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, um, definitely weird. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, you you really have this. Uh, it's a very, as I said, slow-moving movie. Um, it's a mystery. This mystery of what happened to the kids is actually pretty much on the forefront of everything. Um, and uh, how many times did they say what happened to the children? They actually say that is a dozen of times during these three hours. And nobody can give the answer because Catherine said it's a wolves. But the villagers said that uh, she just brought them to the to the swamp and uh, hit them on the head with actually uh, with a stick to actually make them drown. And they only found the bodies in a swamp completely blue and uh, frozen. Well, so this image is pretty scary. <laughs> um, what can we talk about on this uh, 
That's why I say I'm winging it completely. I'm going to have to cut that one. That part. <laughs> uh, it's really, this movie is very hard to, to explain if you haven't seen it because it's uh, one of those uh, viewers dependent movies. Uh, it's complex, it's very polit uh, poetical and philosophical movie. Uh, uh, you can watch it, you enjoy the visual, uh, and then you actually find, the, find yourself just drawn into the symbolism of it. There's a symbol about uh, the heads, cut heads. There's symbolism about uh, what the wolves, what are the wolves. Uh, there's actually uh, a lot of uh, look at beliefs and mythology as well, especially like uh, this entire idea about putting candle to keep someone safe during the war. Uh, there's a vision as well of adult against kids. I don't know if you realize that because uh, all the all the characters. Um, okay, so to actually get to my point, I need to explain. At the beginning of the movie, uh, the main character Georgina, Giorgio, uh, will go and buy some uh, candy, and for the entire movie, these candies actually are always basically there. And these candies are given to kids and all the characters that he met that actually are helping him are the characters that are actually eating the candies. And the candies are a representation of actually staying actually a kid because every other people that actually are pretty much bastard don't eat the candies. Okay. That's one of the, of the idea. Plus the candies got bright colored, which is contrasted against the white and black background basically for most of the movie also. Okay, yeah, that's a lot of detail that I didn't pick up on the first watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty much about childhood. If you think about it, this movie is about, about actually our adulthood actually try to distort childhood. Actually, we need to be like the children. We need to stay, uh, stay like kids and not actually uh, letting adulthood just eat us all. Actually, make us actually feel so boring and... Um, beta some ways yeah why don't you just dress your age you know you're not a child anymore shut up mom <laughs> <laughs> oh yes heard that several times so uh let's let's actually look in a bit of a different scenes of that movie um there's one thing like i said to you before uh it's one of the first movies that show a village with only women. And uh, there's only two men, uh, maybe three, because Jesus Christ could be considered as one man as well. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, it's only women. It's important because actually that character is also important in that movie. It's been uh, behaved, for God's sake. I know. I, oh, now that you... Oh, that definitely popped back up in my mind where he kept moving the uh, the Jesus head over and over. <laughs> <laughs> so we really see this uh, this image of uh, we, when we talk about the First World War, we're thinking about the trenches. We're thinking about uh, the where the men were living in really awful conditions. Uh, as in movie 19, 1917 show it a bit but uh i'd rather watch um, the documentary apocalypse we really show some uh, 
footage, the real footage of actually what was happening at that time. And it's very dreadful the way men were treated during the First World War. But uh, this movie showed the village uh, without men and the way women end up actually acting like men in some way. They stop taking care of themselves and they're really acting like men. Don't know if you agree with me on that. <laughs> so was there any lesbianism going on here? <laughs> mm, there was lesbian lesbianism between Catherine and and uh, and Mary, the <laughs> the caretaker. <laughs> remember the blood coming down the breast of Mary. So there you go. This film is pro LGBTQ. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So we really see this. Uh, we really see that uh, that village when actually there's no men. Um, they just try to just survive, waiting for the men to come back from uh, back from the war. And the only person that gives them the news, who received the news, is the priest. This old priest with one leg. Uh, that would go would go down the mountain from time to time to get some news, basically from uh, from the post office, so they can actually give news to the uh, to the village. And uh, because they are alone, it's 1918. They are very much stuck in a kind of um, belief and superstition. So they all have this scandal uh, that represent one of the men that actually had a war. And the candle still still lit, uh, light lighted, litten, lit, lit. English one one. Um, <laughs> so the candle has to stay lit to protect the to protect the man at the wall, which is a very important image if you think about it. It's actually light against darkness again, because the candle is light. And so that we see later on in the movie also. <clears throat> uh, so we got this uh, superstition and uh, you've got the poor and the rich Catherine live in a manor outside the town uh, she's uh, she used to live with uh, a dad and her dad actually uh, was sent to the mental hospital after beheading Jesus As with a do. with a shovel <laughs> <laughs> with a shovel when the kids died and uh, that just uh, brought him to the mental hospital uh, by the priest and the priest said very clearly if i didn't bring it to the mental hospital the entire the, the village would have killed him so for his own safety they send the the well, he sent him to saint lucia which is a mental hospital next to uh next to the town not really like uh, in a bigger town over so she the first time we actually discovered this uh, this family this rich family is when uh, George Giorgio knocked at the door because apparently that's where the kid's supposed to be and discovered that the mother of Catherine committed suicide hung herself and 1918 as we know if actually you hang yourself you can't be buried have a Christian burial so they tried uh, to hide the fact that uh, she hangs herself by putting this black ribbon around the neck. And this black ribbon can be seen several times in the movie. The black ribbon is in the movie um, 
it's uh, on that uh, that mother on Jesus Christ but also the scarf to hide actually the um the the, the things basically on the neck of the people who are in Saint Lucia so there's a symbolism there about actually losing your head in some way quite literally <laughs> much, yes. so when he actually tried to save her she's dead so and he asked uh, the caretaker mary uh, where are the kids and uh, she replied oh they all died and she left <laughs> and he found himself basically running around the manor trying to look for the kids and realized that there's only empty rooms with uh, drawings of wolves on uh, everywhere but there's no kids whatsoever and that's where she met uh, uh he met um catherine it's gorgeous catherine the black dress with uh gorgeous red hair pretty much uh, a gothic character <laughs> you can't basically make more gothic than this <laughs> she got white skin red hair and very black flowy dress <laughs> with uh like some doe-eyed character was a bit like a kid <laughs> so now need to understand where the kids and uh he starts to actually try to understand it the problem is Catherine is not really all there she kept saying that there's a the wolves actually uh it's the wolves who've done it which is so weird because everyone said the wolves never been in this part of uh of the mountains so Ada's wolf could do that if the wolf's not supposed to be there and then the villagers just said that uh, she's mad and she's the one who killed the kids. So who is right? <laughs> well, well, I think uh, in the ending, uh, we got the answer. Or was that just my imagination? Uh, did we get the answer? I don't know. I actually, um, yeah, I can actually, because uh, well, I'm going to be spoilers. But at the end, we actually see, uh, see wolves running from the background toward the camera but uh i wonder if it's not actually uh something that uh, giorgio is imagining at the end because he's dying at the end uh because he loves his uh he loved this girl so much so he's really open to interpretation because everyone said the wolves don't exist in that part of uh, that part of the mountains so is yeah. it true or is it false we never actually give a good answer are they actually there are they actually murdered or was it an accident we never actually know yeah i think uh we can't really i mean we can give spoilers because this movie i couldn't even find it available you know any platform in, in america so if you're in, if you live in america uh i think the only way to get it is maybe off ebay uh, the, the you can get it on Amazon. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, but it's going to be a Zone 2 DVD. They don't even do Blu-rays, so you need a special <laughs> DVD to watch it. DVD player. Yeah, that's right. I had to go all the way to France to watch this movie. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, that's why you came to France. Every, everyone knows that. <laughs> what an expensive episode. <laughs> I know. It was. Oh. What about, about this movie? Uh... I don't know if you felt the same as I did, but when I seen it, when I seen it in cinema and I was seeing it again when I bought the, the DVD, um, I always realized that uh, the um, narrative 
is not that important in the movie. It's actually more of the ambience. Uh, someone actually said, uh, and I do agree uh, with them, that uh, it's, uh, it feels like an Edgar Allan Poe uh, parables. Uh, it's dark, scary, but uh, there's some kind of a really uh, touching thing about the story too. It's all about the ambience. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. Because really, if you think about it, you don't do three hours was actually a, a mystery about what happened to the children. Because that what happened to the children is not really it's a it's a red line between the beginning and the end of the movie, but it's not what the movie is about. Very quickly, it's a bit more about painting this society outside of society in some ways. They're in a the village in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the mountains, and they pretty much outside the realm of reality in that period. Uh, you live in a small town, I lived in a small town. It's pretty easy to find ourselves actually kind of outside the entire stuff that happened around mm -hmm. us. Uh, I remember, for example, when I was a kid, the war in Iraq, the first war in Iraq, when people getting all obsessed about it on TV, and in the year, it was just like, okay, <laughs> because <laughs> it was so far away. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this is actually uh, the way I'm looking at it. it we found ourselves in a microcosm of actually society. When they live in a village, they never go out. If you think about it, the only person that really go away from the village is a priest and also basically the rich guy. That's pretty much it. Everyone else stay in the village, never leave. So there's a, it really felt like a painting in some ways. A moving painting at some time uh, at times because of the beauty of the image the beauty of the the set design uh set designer was actually built by one of the biggest uh, and the most famous uh, uh, set designer in france who worked in a, who received oscars and caesar for his work so and he went to slovakia he actually started to make um, to make some uh, some sets in czech republic and they had a problem when they started filming, they realized that it was so cold that the camera couldn't work. The camera, the camera uh, were frozen over. So they could actually shot in Czech Republic. So they actually have to move the entire, the entire thing in Slovakia in order to actually shoot the movie. So that kind of uh, started the curse of that movie in some ways. And the, <laughs> and the movie is cursed. It is cursed. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cursed. If you think about it, it's completely what they had to do was insane. They actually had storms, they had snowstorms. Um, the big issue as well is uh, the director actually done everything in the movie. The director, he wrote the movie, shot the movie, done all the casting, uh, wrote the music, editing, uh, done the editing, uh, done the entire design of the movie done the financing of the movie so it's pretty much he was on his own so it's very easy for an artist to actually go deep into the kind of a labyrinth of his work and i think mm. got lost there because sometimes the movie feel bloated in some ways it's beautiful but bloated yeah. well he apparently has something to say and he was going to say it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i agree uh but really, it's uh, one of the rare movies, I think, that um, when the darkness 
because the movie is very dark, actually. It's very poetic and romantic. Uh, I used to be a goth. When the movie came out, I fell in love with it for that because it was darkness. It was sad. It's pretty much a journey of someone that actually learn that he's gonna die because uh, his entire uh, his lung has been eaten up by uh, by mustard gas during the war. So he's gonna die eventually, and he actually his life got worse from there until he died at the end of the movie. So it's not really a happy happy, happy movie in some way. But it's so damn beautiful. It is. That's definitely one thing I can say. The movie is gorgeous. I love looking at it. Mm. Like, uh, I've got uh, in front of me, I'm going to put some images uh, on Instagram. Oh, no. But uh, some of the imagery actually are very much reminiscent to a 1970s movie like Barry Lyndon or 90s, 80s movie, like old-fashioned movies where they took a lot of time to actually use uh, the right lighting to create this kind of uh, moving painting. I would say moving paintings for me, a lot of the shots are like paintings or drawings. It, it, oh, it's gorgeous. It's, it's just everything about this movie is just beautiful. And despite the fact it's awful, what's up in that movie is awful. And we've got some very, very dreadful scenes. Uh, the scene, the, the mental hospital, the psychiatric, do we say mental hospital? We don't say mental hospital anymore. Uh, yeah, we can say that. Okay, I was just, I uh, don't want to be cancelled again. Um, <laughs> again? <laughs> ah, you know. Uh, the mental hospital, the scene of mental hospital, so dark, so it, it actually very close to an horror movie at that stage. When he actually got to the mental hospital and he tried to actually find the doctor, the, the, basically the, the father of Catherine, because apparently he beheaded Jesus Christ because the kids are, de are dead and he wants to actually know what happened. So he go to this hospital and uh, the doctor just said, we only two people to take care of all these people and people are just crazy. So we decided to to uh, remove the shackles of actually like uh, of the mental patient in order to, uh, to give them some freedom. So what they did, they just basically get themselves uh, remove all the tags so we don't know who, who they are and they use the feces to actually cover all the windows and they live in total darkness in the basement of the hospital and you're just <laughs> like damn <laughs> <laughs> and then he actually has to go down there try to find actually this uh try to find uh, this doctor and he's, uh, he's using this uh this gas mask which will really give this kind of um a plague doctor kind of feel to it. And the only thing that lighten up the place is actually these candles. And it's so, so horrific. Uh, you see naked people basically having sex with wolves. Uh, you see uh, you see all these weird things. You see a body and you try to find the doctor and you can't find the doctor in there, of course. And uh, the doctor just said like, uh, the only way for them to know if someone is uh, mentally ill or normal is actually to look at the scar on the neck because they're using this barbaric uh, cold water torture device on the mentally ill patient, try to get them off the of the illness by just getting very, very cold water on them and blocking them uh, in bathtub 
metal bastard. That means that she trying to escape. They just completely cut off their the neck, and that creates this kind of um, of scar around the neck. And that's so where the doctor knows that the person is actually uh, mentally ill, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, if you look at uh, the message of the movie who is crazy who is not because they live in a crazy time we are talking about the first ever world war it's just never never before we actually killed so many people so actually the world itself was crazy so they were living a crazy world and actually and they don't know who is crazy or not because nobody got the tag on them. So it's actually kind of a symbolism, but actually at the, the entire world is crazy. And it's so crazy that, you know, for them to know who is crazy, they are looking at the scar <laughs> on someone's neck. So the medicine is not there anymore. It's actually something else. It's That scene was pretty uh, uh, intense, I must say, in cinema especially. Gosh. In big screen, that was pretty impressive. Well, I didn't get to see it in cinema. So. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish you could have, because that was a that was really a movie to see in cinema. It was just wow, with the the sound and everything was just so amazing. Okay, so I guess we're gonna have to open up our own local movie theater. <laughs> to be honest, if one day I could, if one day I could create a, a festival, I would be one of the movie I would like to actually show. I mean, it's possible, honey. <laughs> we could. We could think about it. A Rainbow Flickers movie festival. Mm-hmm. Full of movies that you never heard of, but you love them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it could work. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the, really, this uh, this movie is all about, um, about children. About... Um, in some way, uh, it's a tale about eternal peace and uh, and love, uh, which can be achieved solely through the saving oneself in a child or, or the childhood of one soul. And um, this is pretty much everything the movie is about love. It's about actually staying like a kid and actually believing in something in some way. So let's actually uh, talk about some. Uh, some scene uh, that might have surprised you. So, I mean, well, you just talked about the, the scenes that surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> so. For me, there was one scene that really surprised me. That actually, when uh, uh, after the after his, after going basically to the going to what's the name uh, to the mental hospital to look for that doctor, and he can't find him. The doctor had disappeared. He's not there. He has disappeared. Uh, he come back and he actually get ill and he's on the floor uh, and uh, he's on the floor and uh, the kids found him for his body and believe he's dead so they don't, the thing they want to do is actually uh, they just want to um, to see what a dead person would, what would happen to that dead body when actually he's going to be uh, cut by uh, <laughs> by a carriage it was just such a weird thing. Actually, the kid just look at the dead body and just say, ah, let's see what's going to happen when you open it up. 
That was pretty, uh, mm. okay. Hey, you want to see a dead body? <laughs> it was just like death is actually no more thing. The kids actually are not phased at all about it. They just uh, uh, use um, the guy's car, try to, to pull it towards the, toward the road so someone can actually run over him. And what he does, he actually create these scars on his neck that would be important later on because when he go back to the hospital, people are going to believe he's, he's crazy because he got the same scars as someone actually who been having uh, going through uh, this uh, very terrible uh, torture device in the hospital. So again, we know who is actually crazy with not the same thing. And um, so are, you, are you crazy? Not. <laughs> it's just like a really. It, it's such a such a movie with so many like uh, moments which are just silence. There's a moment with big big silence which is just you just get transported by the imagery. Um, I, one of the images that I love is uh, at night when he's in the forest at night and he actually start to follow these kids. With a lamp, with a kind of um, an old lamp, and you just see this kid that should dress up in black with a hat actually, and this old woman with black eyes, with actually just a lamp in the middle of the forest in the winter, and it's such a such a weird image. It represents death, of course, because we know the character slowly actually. Is dying because uh, instead of staying warm, he's actually in a cold and everything else, and uh, it's not good for himself. So he's slowly dying. But at the same time, he fell in love with that woman. That woman that actually uh, nobody liked in the village because during one big uh, argument, she decided to blow all the candles from the church. The candle we talked about earlier, there's only one candle left. And that was that would be actually a, a moment when actually everything go to shit for everyone in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> because the war is over, I'm just gonna move forward. The war is over, and uh, the priest said to the said to the the the, the women in the village, "Oh, all your son and uh, all your husbands coming back from the war. The war is over. They're coming back soon." And uh, so they said to do a party and they invite everyone. Everything, everyone seems to be uh, happy. And uh, Catherine and Mary uh, go, to the, go as well into that, uh, that party. Everyone get drunk. Women drunks were pretty uh, lad behaviors, laddish behaviors, <laughs> per se. <laughs> a lot of bare asses. Um, and uh, we just we just realized okay oh that's cool they're all happy now every everyone is happy everything's gonna go go fine until you realize that the priest said to the the woman that uh, Catherine would go to the mental hospital and uh, that's why they invited her because they want to give her a last day before actually she's locked up forever in the mental hospital and the priest lied to the uh, lied to uh, lied to the women the women not gonna actually have their husband back but uh, because all the everyone's died apart from one person which is such a terrible situation when actually the preachers say i lied to them they are all dead <laughs> you need to leave now because they are all dead tomorrow they're gonna find out that i lied to them and it's one of the really really uh 
sad and actually depressing situation when you just see them just waiting for waiting for the for the man to come back to the village and the only thing they see they see one man walking and beyond it countless of uh, of of um sarcophage coffin what is a sarcophage for coffin <laughs> <laughs> A lot of coffins. Um, yeah, it's a very, very crazy actually image. Do you have anything to say about uh, what was your experience of that movie? What was your feeling about that movie? Because <laughs> I realize oh, I've God. been talking for ages right now. You haven't said words. <laughs> I so. mean, it, it's uh, it's good. Like I haven't seen the movie in three weeks, so <laughs> I'm still trying to remember most of the things. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, we've already talked about the things that honestly shot me, and that was, uh, you know, the mental hospital that they went to. Mm. <laughs> so, most of that. I don't know. The whole movie, though, it just made me, at first, like I said in, in the beginning of the podcast, at first, I was kind of confused. I was like, okay, where is this going? And then, uh, towards the middle, I was like, oh, this is kind of poetic and romantic, but I still am not really sure what's going on 100%. <laughs> And then towards the end, it all came together for me. And I was like, oh, and I just, I don't know. It was sad, but it was beautiful. It just it left me with a mix of emotions, I guess you would say. No, I agree. Because really the ending, when uh, after all the, after all the, what's the name? Uh, the man, uh, the man came back from war. Uh, pretty much the village is dead because uh, there is no man. So the women decide to to desert, to leave the village. So the village is going to be abandoned. Um, at the same time, the doctor, uh, the old doctor, the the father of um, of Catherine, uh, get mad, run out of uh, the house, and uh, die in the in the swamp, like the kid that that, that died. So there's all this thing, and there's this really thing back actually. Like uh, we never actually know what happened to the kid because they keep giving us information. Like uh, the priest just kept telling us, like uh, apparently the, the the doctor was giving the kid this injection that made them like, feel like the blood the the blood was burning, so they might have run into the swamp to actually get actually cold. It's just all this weird thing that people are saying. We never know what's true, what's not. And it's just creating to the ambience about, uh, like you said to me before, you saw there was a werewolf. You saw there was some experiments mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. You know, and this is actually <laughs> we never know what's happened. Uh, and in some way, they don't actually give us the answer, which is actually very interesting. They don't actually give us the answer at the end. We can actually, we choose the answer we want, because at the end, she, at the end, basically, they go to the swamp and actually. Uh, Defend the body of uh, of the father, and uh, Giorgio do ask Catherine what happens to the children, and she explained to him that the wolf came, but there is no wolf because before they keep telling you that there is no wolf in these parts. And uh, well, she... what is? Hmm? I was gonna, I was just gonna ask. So what what is your conclusion of what happened to the children? Well, the, I find it difficult to actually accept the fact that uh, the if there was. If there was wolves, they would not see them. Mm -hmm. 
I know the poetic thing will be actually, oh, she's actually, uh, she's not the one that killed the kids, but I do believe she did. <laughs> to be honest, that's what I do believe, because when you see the amount of, of uh, wolves that run through the camera at the end, it's impossible that they would have not seen the wolves before. And uh, the priest who lived there will actually go down the, go down the town several times, basically, uh, several times a week, never seen a wolf before. We never heard about the wolf. The only sound they, they hear is actually the sound of the wind that make it sound like wolves. But actually, uh, so for me, the ending in the cemetery when actually uh, Giorgio dies, we actually see what he actually believed at the end, which is a wolf who actually killed the kids and actually the, the girls is, uh, is innocent. But I do believe the girl is not innocent. I believe that actually uh, she killed the kids. That's my opinion of it, anyway. That's not period. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I'm gonna go with the poetic one that there were actually wolves and they just never saw them. <laughs> <laughs> God, let's be honest. At the end, I think both of them dies. Yeah. Because at the end, she's actually she fell down into the lake, fell into the swamp, so she's wet. It's actually very cold outside. The caretaker Mary is living with the priest. So there's only Giorgio and uh, and Catherine in there. Giorgio is dying because uh, you can see he's completely he's completely gone. He's completely gone, uh, and they're stuck in the they stuck next to a grave, holding each other. For me, they both died at the end. The love is there, and they died in love, some way. Oh, I know. <laughs> It's a very hard difficult when I actually thought about this movie for the podcast. I thought that would be a good movie talked about, but now trying to talk about it, just realized that this movie is so <laughs> deep that uh, for people who well, might not have seen the movie, it would be so hard for it would be so hard to actually understand what we're talking about at times. So I yeah. hope that. Uh, I wish people can actually find a movie and should watch it because even though it's three hours, even though it's actually, for me, it's a movie for another era, it's pretty much not like a new movie. It's a movie that takes its time. That's about characters, uh, about feelings, emotions, and less about action. There's actually pretty much is there any action in the movie. There's no action in the movie, apart from that, uh, that fight between a uh, woman that is off screen, pretty much it. Uh, so it's a movie of another era for me, and uh, it's very sad that he was uh, it was panned. I understand why it was panned by the critics, but at the same time, it's a shame that it, uh, it was not seen uh, by more people uh, abroad, especially because people now are starting to uh, um, Watch them, watch it again. Actually, was looking at some reviews, and everyone's just saying that this is uh, sadly an underrated movie that people actually don't know, and it's very hard to find, and it's, uh, it's a shame. It's very much like uh, that other French movie called The Bastard of Gods, which is a movie I've been trying to find uh, to show to you to maybe for season two of uh, Rambo Flickers. Same thing. It's actually it's a movie very hard to find. It's been a failure. And uh, but the movie is so amazing and uh, it's so annoying that you can't actually find it. It's uh, it's just a story about this guy who actually got uh, got no nose and actually uh, who found himself having become a um, 
I become someone who would actually uh, kill people, actually, uh, for the king. It's a very assassin, like, a, it's a very interesting movie about actually serial killers during the medieval time and stuff. It's really, really good. And unfortunately, uh, I couldn't find it anywhere again. I will find it eventually, but uh, it's so annoying that it's, uh, this kind of movies uh, are very hard to find because they deserve to actually be seen by people who want to find something different, which uh, we don't want to keep watching like uh, the same movie done over, over and over again. This is what we have nowadays with all the Marvels and stuff. Uh, it's nice to see something different from time to time. <laughs> I, yeah, you mentioned Marvel where everything is uh, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, I can't even, even in the last Avatar movie. Just like, mm. like everyone just said, oh, it's amazing. The first one, I was not a fan, so I don't know what would be a fan of the second one. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> just, mm. <laughs> I love basically finding this old movie. Like, uh, even the movie like Willard, you know, the movie Willard with the rats. Yes. Which is a movie, it's an amazing movie, but a lot of people don't know it either. Mm-hmm. It's just like, uh, it's not nice try to find some time to find these little things. These little movies actually uh, going to teach you something different. Personally, is Giorgino a perfect movie? Far from it. It's bloated. Uh, it could have been cut in some places. Uh, Sometimes it can uh, it get muddled up on his uh, on what he's trying to say. I find, but it's a beautiful failure. And you really see that the, the director put his soul in it because it's so damn gorgeous. And uh, it's worth seeing. <laughs> it's just like, for me, for me, it's a movie worth seeing at least once. Something very different from anything else you'll see. So I guess uh, <laughs> having said all that, how many crystals would you give this? Personally, I'll give it a seven. A seven? Mm-hmm. I Is can't give it more. Is that your highest score yet? Is that your highest score yet? Mm, don't think so. I don't know, maybe. But uh, I, I, I am someone, I'm a, I'm a whore for actually gorgeous images. And this his movie is amazing. It's just gorgeous. <laughs> it's just, I can't say anything else. Just like, this movie is gorgeous. And... Uh, and even though, uh, even though some of uh, it's a polarizing movie because you can either get into get on board or not. If you get on board, you're getting into a very amazing experience. Uh, when you just feel sad, you feel happy. You actually feel all this sort of emotion. And um, but if you don't get on board, you're gonna get bored of the movie. Let's be honest. What about you? I give it a five. Um, I like the movie. I do feel like at times I was watching two movies rolled into one. <laughs> but, I agree. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll give it a five. That's where I stand. It's a mm. hill I'm willing to die on. Sorry. <laughs> but one uh, one uh, one uh, warning though is a movie was made in the '90s, so some of depiction of mental illness might actually be a bit iffy. We need to actually remember that. <laughs> but uh, it goes well with the story. It goes well with uh, 
goes well with the entire ambience and what he's trying to say about the entire world is crazy and actually uh, well how can we say that actually uh, who is more crazy than the others when everyone else is crazy <laughs> pretty much it so there you go Georgino uh, maybe one of the most difficult episodes uh, uh, so far simply because a lot of uh, the positive of that movie are visual and we can't show a visual on the podcast unfortunately but uh, we should no, make it a I mean, video a YouTube we video put it on YouTube but... one day we might <laughs> do that uh, so there we go so this was Georgino uh, and uh, next week uh, you have uh, next week in two weeks time you've got basically uh, another another movie will be last movie of season one which is yeah. uh what movie did i say it <laughs> oh it's gonna thought, be a comedy for once i thought i thought i thought we decided on two more movies oh let's do one okay uh maybe two All we right. can do a special so, we're gonna do a special which is gonna be uh we need to find it we still haven't found it but we wanted to do a very crap uh, a very crap um a lifetime movie but i don't know which one to choose we need to do I mean, this one. I, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys are like, oh, we should do the one about the cyber the cyber bully. Yes, we should. <laughs> okay, I don't know about that one. Looking forward to it. It's such a hot mess. Mm, so we're gonna have two. We're gonna get two movies left for season one. So uh, cyber bully, the cyber bully movies, and uh, maybe maybe maybe, maybe uh, not. Yeah. But but uh, for sure not. Uh, is it another? It's another gay movie. Oh, so. not another gay movie. Okay. Oh, yeah. What the program? It sounds like it sounds like a similar title to something else. You know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it does actually. Not another. Not a, yes, that's true. <laughs> mm. You want to plug your your podcast? Sir? Go ahead. Always. I mean, well, to be fair, I think we're going to start working on uh, another podcast where we let our true crime muscles flex a little. Mm, that sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so that's it for today and uh, for us, for, for this movie. So have an excellent end of the week and uh, see you next time on uh, Rainbow Flickers. <laughs>